<laughs> Welcome everybody, Yankee Chronicles Podcast. I'm here with Donald, Rob, and Evan. And before we get going, just want to ask you to check out statementgames.com. You can find a unique experience, all your fantasy sports. And also check out docadamsbaseball.org, where you can learn all about the founder of baseball. So we were talking a little bit yesterday uh, about how the state of, of managers and, and Major League Baseball has been on a decline where it seems that the only qualification is the media likes you. Uh, Evan, do you think that there's a problem with managers now where they, they don't have as much of a say as they used to? Yeah, I think it's frustrating. I think that uh, a manager is supposed to be, you know, part of the game in a couple aspects. He's not just managing the game. He's managing all the players. He's teaching them. He's a coach. He's a mentor. Um and you're basically taking that away by just throwing in, you know, a charismatic guy. Like, okay, I get that Boone's young and he's on the same level and he has communication skills. But the fact that, and we're going to keep going back to this, that Gary didn't understand why he was being benched, that has to be on Boone's fault a little bit because he's the manager. He needs to have those communication skills. Whereas Girardi got fired for just that, for communicating too much. And that's not fair. And I, I don't like the fact that these old school coaches who have proven time and time again that they're great coaches like Jardy, who got fired after winning coach of the year. It, it's it's ridiculous simply because he has a prickly personality and no one wants to deal with him. That's the same with me. I have a reputation. No one wants to deal with me, but I still know my shit. Yeah, we do, we're just kind of stuck with you now at this point. You know, <laughs> just like, you know, the Yankees are stuck with Gary for another year, you know. So Boone, you got what done? Uh, I'm Aaron Boone. <laughs> I have a question. What is Boone's contract right now? Because uh, I thought it was a lifetime deal. Did did he get another extension? I think he got the extension for another year. Yeah, one year. Yeah, but it, I'm it, sure it'll be renewed. So they're just going to do a year for the rest of our lives. For the next hundred years, he's going to get a year deal. I, I think he'll get a lifetime contract because at the end of the day, this is what they're. This is exactly what the the front offices want now. They want a yes man that'll they'll take all the instructions from analytics and from the general manager, and that's that's so he's the perfect. He's exactly what they're looking for, you know. Um, yeah. As much as we put, yeah, you know, we, we we get all we get on Boone about things. It's really Cashman's fault and the analytics department because they force they themselves. To have, they say they they get too involved in things that they don't need to get involved in. You know, it's the manager's job to set the lineup. To who's playing? You know, who's playing in what day? You don't. You know, you can't predict what's going to happen by the book of what, you know, of a situation in the seventh inning, you know, Boone's got to be, you know, be able to have 110% of the say on that. And it doesn't appear that he is. Rob, do you have an opinion on it? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, the game itself has changed so much and analytics have a huge part to do with that. And, you know, we're seeing more and more managers kind of, manage the analytical way so you're taking away of what the whole old school approach was we kind of just went with it you put your best guys out there and you try to win a game and you didn't go for you know we used to see matchups here and there like out of the bullpen but um 
you know, nowadays everything's so analytical and we're, we are seeing a lot more managers get hired just based off of reputation, like was said earlier. So it's definitely different. You know, a guy with experience is probably not going to get a guy like Buck Showalter might not get a manage, manager job again. Whereas, um, you know, a guy just coming from like ESPN broadcaster might get a, you know, might get a position. Like we saw Aaron Boone get one based off of his, um, you know, his approach with the players. So, yeah, the game itself has definitely changed. And I don't know if it's necessarily a terrible thing because we have seen some managers who have come out of nowhere and have done pretty well. We've seen, we've seen some kind of old school approach. Like Dusty Baker still still has a job, which is great, you know. So you know, it's definitely a weird situation. Can I just interrupt for a minute? We're the only sport in pro sports where, like, uh, vast experience is actually seen as a negative. You yeah. know, they actually want the new guy that can take instructions because they know that an old school manager will want to do things his own way and from the gut. And now that analytics is involved, there is no gut anymore. It's everything that's on a stat sheet. And um, if they do manage by the gut, then they have to answer to the analytics crew and the general manager after the game, which they don't want to, you know, um, that's that's where we're at now. Um, it's 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 really difficult for us as old school fans that because you know we've been brought up through Buck Walter and Joe Torre, and then you've seen you know Bobby Cox and Larusa and these you know Hall of Fame caliber managers and that that have experience and were brilliant at what they did. But now that's seen as a bad thing. Now it has to be just, now these are being pushed out of the game, these guys, you know. Now, like, you see Buck Showalter on the Yes Network. He knows his shit. He knows more about baseball than Aaron Boone will ever know in his lifetime, you know. And uh, it's really difficult to see a guy like Buck Showalter on the S network who could probably manage the Yankees probably to a world series without much of a problem. Um, but you'll never see a manage. You'll never see a manage the Yankees again, because that's the, the way that the new baseball is and the way that Brian Cashman wants his, his new manager. He wants them to answer to analytics. Yeah. You know, ba- baseball needs more Billy Martins and, you know, less puppets, you know, is, there's nothing wrong with getting on your player. Who cares if the camera's on you? You know, if they make a mistake, they need to be told they made a mistake. And if the player doesn't like it, tough. You know, we, we all have bosses we have to answer for, answer to, except for Evan. So, is he special? You know, it's just him and his billy goat. You know, so, <laughs> I got you, Rob. <clears throat> so he's uh, you, you have to be able to be disciplined. You know, if you if you mess up, you you have to hear it. It's like, guy, right, if I make a mistake, I make a mistake. You know, tomorrow's another day. Where if you make a mistake and you're you're put on the spot for it, you don't want to feel that you don't want to be talked to like that. You're going to improve yourself and make sure you don't make that mistake again. And that's what Girardi was doing. Girardi was doing better with uh, Sanchez with that than Boone is doing. 
Oops. I, I also think it's frustrating because coaches like Hensley, Bam Bam Mullins, he's never going to get a shot now. And he's been in the league for like 40 years waiting for his shot. And now because of this new school approach, he's suddenly not going to get it. Yep. He That's was a candidate. Him. I think he was second behind Aaron Boone in our, he in was. our interview process. He came back for at least two or three more interviews. I mean, they was close and they just – for whatever reason, they decided that they're going to do this new school approach, which just – it doesn't work for us. We're not that kind of team. We're the New York Yankees. Just like the Dodgers can't – they're not – Dodgers aren't going to play like Tampa Bay. So why do we keep trying to? It's like Kevin I believe Cash that the interview process Tampa. was – didn't the Yankees give the managers a list, list of OPS without the actual names of the dudes? And then they had to put in the where these guys would – rank in the batting order and Aaron Boone had it perfect and that was it as he got the job for that that's what I heard yeah exactly analytics that's, that's not a qualification for no, me it's not I a qualification someone, yeah I want someone who can communicate well and I like having a manager who can bridge the gap between the Japanese player the Spanish player and the American players that was a good connection that Bam Bam has he's played in New York he knows all the players and he worked with Didi closely for multiple seasons he was the carousel coach uh, for the world baseball classic so Didi knew him well it would have been perfect to bring him in I really think he would have done and a he good was job. an actual coach and that's the yeah. thing that's the thing I don't yeah. mind a, I don't mind a young manager coming in but I want him to have a little bit of experience at some level whether it be the minors or he's a right. bench coach or, or, or even any kind of coaching staff, just he, experience. He literally teaches a camp in uh, the winter leagues in yeah. where's, um, where's DD from? Uh, Netherlands. Netherlands. He has a camp that he's taught there for like 10 years and yeah. he taught DD. He taught a bunch of other guys in the major leagues. So yeah. It's not like he hasn't done this before. It's yeah. funny that you mentioned him because The Athletic uh, have a, had an article the other day. I don't know if you guys have The Athletic subscription. They had an article and they were talking about which manager, uh, it, well, which guy should be the next kind of pop manager coming up. And that was one of the names that was mentioned. He got them one of the most votes. Um, so that's some, something for us to keep an eye on. He's a brilliant baseball mind. I'm really, really upset that no one's giving him a shot because he deserves one. And he's deserved one for the past 10 years. I've known about him for a while. Yeah. You would think a manager like that, the GMs would want to bring in because it's less that the GM would have to worry about. I can right. worry about I can worry about making deals and getting getting contracts together. Let him worry see, about on the field that, stuff. That's why they bring him in as a bench coach constantly, so that they can put him next to the guy who has no experience and go, "Oh, yeah. you're going to learn from this guy, but we don't want him to be in charge because we know he's old school." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because he should have got he should have gotten the Mets job when Beltron was fired. That is fucking horseshit. Yeah. The other thing is with, with Boone, we some of us, you know, really got fired up with the savages in the box. And but what I liked about that most is it was that fire he had. You know, I'm not I'm not taking the shit no more. You know. And he really got everybody rallied up. Yeah. Managers need to do that more. Lose your temper once in a while. It's okay. It's, you know, it's part of the entertainment part of the sport as well. But not like, you know, that's why I, I actually, I think Gardner would make a good manager. Does he 
really it's, it's, it, sorry Rob it's not it's not so much entertainment it's actually uh, showing a little bit of accountability yeah you know that the the umpires have to be accountable. Our players have to be accountable, and I have to be accountable. And little that little bit of energy actually did spark the thing. Now we obviously went overblown with the stupid T-shirts and the stupid, stupid uh, savages in the box. I, I, I have one of the stupid. The idea behind it was actually good because it did actually wake our team up, and we were actually pretty yeah. good for the for the following. So that is something that Aaron Boone can improve on because last year we never saw that. Every single press conference after the game, after every loss, was exactly the same. Oh well, we'll turn the corner. We'll yeah, turn the page. Turning the page. Really close. Gary Sanchez was really close to going on a hot streak. He's for been the close for four years, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and really close. For it's four tiresome. Years. Just be honest. Because we're not stupid. We like a little bit of honesty. No, it's even worse when you lie to educated fans like us because we're sitting there waiting for you to give us bullshit so that we can jump on it. We know it's coming, and we're going to see it. So just cut the crap. You know what you said there, Bobby? You said uh, just a few minutes ago, you actually said uh, the word puppet, and that's a really good way of describing it. And and, uh, remember, remember in our... In the post, uh, after we got knocked out of the playoffs, Brian Cashman actually said, Aaron Boone is not a puppet. Remember when he actually said that? Yeah. yeah that did. is so funny. Which I mean, clarifies that we are correct. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, how much more blatant can it possibly be that he's a puppet when the general manager comes out going, uh, he's not a puppet. I just want you guys to know that. All right. I'm convinced. I'm sorry. Well, that just shows that we all, you know, we are being heard as fans and they hear what we say. They don't care what we say, but they hear it. And that was one of those slips where Cashman kind of tilted his hand that we were in his head. And then I'm convinced that the Yankees have multiple fake accounts on Twitter and they see everything we all say because he's done. Cashman already said he does. What's that? Cashman does have a Twitter, he said. He said he has yeah. it's like a burner account. So you he know said, he's looking. Yeah, so he definitely he's, sees keywords like puppet. He definitely sees <laughs> all the ridiculous trades we post. <laughs> like you know, you don't think Cashman goes home at night and he has a bottle of wine and he sits by the fire laughing at these stupid fucking Twitter shit we say. <laughs> oh look at this jackass. He thinks I'm gonna do that dumb trade. <laughs> oh this guy wants Whit Merrifield, huh? Let me... Oh you son of a <laughs> That was a good one, Rob. (laughs) I just um, I wanted to say about the whole new school, old school approach. I think it's good to to mix the two, but it's a bad thing when ownership or, you know, some teams won't let managers do that. Like I will always go back and I'll keep bringing up the whole Tatis thing last year where his manager did not have his back and it felt like he didn't want to be saying what he was saying. I feel like the manager wanted to have his players back, but it's like everyone talks about the whole unwritten rules thing. Like I grew up watching the nineties era. I'll always love that era of baseball, but I'm also going to want to see this game evolve because I don't want to see this sport die. So the game needs to evolve, but we're seeing too many managers take it to the next level where everything's analytics and they're not letting the players just be themselves 
Like a guy yeah. like Tatis, he needs to be swinging. Whenever, whenever he feels like he should be swinging, let him swing because you know he has that power. He has the bat speed. He has that ability. We don't want to see a player like of his caliber, you know, go, go drop a bunt or, you know, try to hit it the other way this time. So, you know, because the defense is playing a little bit over that way, like who cares? Just let him hit it, you know, and you can, you can mix the whole, you can mix analytics with the old school approach and we'll see where it goes. Not everything has to be old school. Not everything has to be analytics. There can be a mixture. And that's something that it seems like the game is missing and what managers seem to be missing. No, and it's also like they don't like swag or flair in the game because they they complain about bat flips and stuff. But I remember watching George Brett run out of the dugout like he was about to murder someone after the home run call. So it's like, really? We've seen it in the sport, the whole existence of the sport. There's been anger. There's been flair. There's been funny stuff. Like, remember when Bobby Valentine got ejected from the game and he sat down with the fake glasses and mustache? That was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. Yeah. That's right. These managers need to, you know, get the control of the game back. As much as sometimes the, the, the replays are, are a benefit, you know, and every time I – I was very against the replay rule until Jim Joyce. I think that that, you know – that was horrible. What what happened it was uh, Galagos, right? Galarago. Was that perfect game where it was blatantly that you know? I'm like, you know what? Is it enough? Is enough? Yeah, you know, that one was pretty bad. That, that that was atrocious, and I I'll never. And I'm not even a Tigers fan. I will never get over over that. You know, those. I mean, moments, you. you, you you literally took him out of history on yep. a bad call. Yes. That's unacceptable. And to know that that was the case even after the game, you should have just said, they made the wrong call. We're going to give it to him. That didn't happen. The call didn't happen. It, like, why can't you do that? I don't understand why they can't yeah. do that in sports. Because they don't want to admit that they made a mistake, a drastic mistake that basically ruined this guy's career. He, he's not looked at as the same pitcher. So let's stay on this road. Let's get, let's talk getting on the umpires then. The umpires. Angel Fernandez, you want to talk about that shit? Uh, he's awful. I can't, the name, I, I, I'll lose, I'm going to lose my shit. The 2020 playoffs were a perfect example of just how bad these umpires are. There were some good ones. The World Series had a couple of really you can there's a, a Twitter page, I can't think of exactly the name of it, but they show like the umpire's accuracy for the game. And there was one of for the World Series that was like almost perfect. But if you look at specifically for keeping it for the Yankees, that Yankees Rays series, it was terrible for both sides. It wasn't just the Yankees that got bad calls. Tampa Bay did too. And awesome. it goes back to something that Donald said about the writers. They have the holier-than-thou mentality. They want to make it about themselves. That's what the umpires do. These umpires suck, and they are constantly getting calls wrong. Aaron Judge is a perfect example. They can't seem to figure out his strike zone, even though he's been in the league for, you know, four or five years now. They can't figure it out. They get calls wrong all the time. When managers complain, they make it about themselves. You know, they throw guys out when they know they're wrong. And it goes back to the perfect game, the missed call in the perfect game. We see it every single year. These umpires suck. And I'm all for the robot umps if they can find a way to make that work. 
But you know, Angel Hernandez, that name just he I can't stand him. Uh, he, he's oh, the man. worst. Well, if, growing if, up, you, until now, I mean, I know the technology has improved, but who the hell knew who the umpires' names were? The fact that we know so many of their names shows how much they put themselves in the spotlight. And yeah, you don't know the good ones until they die, pretty much. Yeah. And then everyone comes out and says how great they were. The crazy thing about Angel Hernandez is I believe the last and only World Series that he was an umpire in was when the White Sox won. It was the lowest rated World Series watched in the last 20, 30 years. And he never got an opportunity again because of how many bad, stupid calls he made. And he's going to sit here and sue Major League Baseball and say that it's it's because they, they don't like him because he's Latino or something. It's the stupidest shit ever. He's an arrogant, stupid prick who wants to be a part of the game. And he ruins multiple, multiple games and should be fired years ago. What we have to remember is every single pitch is vital in an at-bat. So if if the first pitch is called that far out of the strike zone and it's called a strike, that almost decides much of the at-bat because it changes the way that the hitter is is approaching that at-bat. If he's if he's if he's down a strike, he has to change the way his mentality is, you know? Right. And, and that especially it, affects a player like Judge, who's usually an aggressive hitter. Especially in these big spots. So, like, that's the signing game against Tampa Bay when we were in the last inning and it was, you know, every single at-bat counted. You know, we were getting screwed by these crazy, crazy calls that were way outside the strike zone and it completely changed that the way our our, our hitters approached that at-bat. Yeah. Judge is an interesting case because of his size. Yeah. They can't figure, but you can't. T- they haven't figured out by now how to how to adjust their rise for his strike zone. Can, can you explain to me why there's a difference between Judge and Stanton? They're literally the same size, and yet they don't do this to Stanton. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Judge even like changed his stance after his first year. He he definitely had more of a bend to his batting stance because. In 2016, he was more straight in the batter's box, and you can tell that he was really struggling when he first got called up. He had a few home runs, and he got hurt, but he was also not hitting at all, and they were giving him terrible calls. So in 2017, he changed his stance. He was a little more wide, and he was a little more bent down, and he kind of lowered himself just a little bit, and they still get it wrong every single time. Like You're seeing these very low pitches that should be balls get called strikes, and they don't know what to do. He's tried to adjust to it, and the umpires won't. And once again, they make it about themselves. I hate them. I really do. No, and, it, you know, if that's the case, they need to take off that stupid batter's box thing on the television because that's seeing that hard. and then seeing yeah. where the pitch is thrown, it drives us fucking crazy. If you're going to show us that, then put it in the actual game for the umpires. <laughs> do the robot umps, and that's that's what's being called, not not the umps going, Ugh. Because well, they, they're think, missing calls. Yeah. And it decides games. Yeah. And it's not just a Yankee no, thing. The, 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 all TV around gra- the, the TV graphics with these strike, with the strike boxes is atrocious. It's, it's They don't need it. You know, they're not, help, they're not helping anything. 
All they do is they act, they piss us off. Every umpire has their own interpretation of the strike zone. That's also a problem. Some guys right. like a higher strike zone. Some guys like a lower strike zone. So there's no consistency. You have to figure it out as the game goes on how these umpires are calling the games before you, you know, as a pitcher or a batter. Right, and it gives a, it gives a failed perception to the kids who are watching it and trying to learn how to play baseball anyway because the strike zone on the TV is drastically different than how they're going to, you know, deal with it in the actual game. I used to play Little League all the time, and we had an umpire called Low Ball John because he used to call pitches in the dirt and shit. That's not okay! <laughs> we do that in the majors. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. They, they really need to start flying, you know, penalizing these umpires a lot more. They're, they're too... Exactly. They're, 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 too many times they handle with kid gloves. And that's got to stop. Because until you start really hitting them in the pocket, they're not going to change. Correct. And they're going to continue to make themselves the headline. And that's, <laughs> not what, that's not what they're there for. You know what also drives me nuts? When the catcher catches the ball low and then brings his glove up really quick and they go, up oh, strike. Like, I get sometimes, like, it's really quick. That's actually a sign of a really good catcher, though, if you can frame yeah, it. It is. <clears throat> but we've seen some blatant ones where it's like, oh, really, oh, bro? It's like a three-second difference and you just called it a strike. <laughs> but, no. yeah, that's a sign of a good catcher. You were correct. I'm not faulting the catcher. I'm faulting the ump for being fooled by a catcher being good. Yeah, that's it. Now, we know these these pitches are coming in at 100 miles an hour most of the time. And these umpires need better training on how they, they need to train their eyes better to the velocity of the pitches. You see, the balls are coming in fast. So I don't want to say, you know, it's hard to be 100% accurate, every, you know, every time. You're going to miss one here or there. You know, baseball's coming in fast. Well, that's why we need the robot umps because it, it makes no sense to, to have human eyes have to look past a hitter and a catcher and a pitcher to see if it's a strike. It's a very hard thing to do. And we have the technology where we don't need that job anymore because it's not efficient. It's not accurate. And, and they're, they're ruining part of the game. So I have no problem doing robot umps. I'd actually have a robot that could walk so he could walk out there and call it, and he stands behind the guys. That'd be hilarious. You know, my favorite is the, 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 the best guessing game ever, and that's the check swing. How the hell do they know? <laughs> yeah, especially, yep. especially the home plate umpire. Yeah. He's only got two eyes. He can only look at so many things at once. You're able we, to tell that, that can't that, even right? tell on the television when they show it to us multiple times. The check swing is one of the hardest, most confusing <laughs> really things hard. about baseball. <laughs> Just like the infield fly. I hate the goddamn infield fly. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, all right. Listen, we can go on and on. What about a crazy idea it. where, like, you're allowed one challenge of a cold strike three if it's outside, or if you think it's outside, you're allowed one challenge of it? If it's in a big spot, considering we get replay for everything else, for outs, etc. First, I'm fine with that, but I would say it'd have to be after the seventh inning. Okay, yeah, that seven, the seven, eight, and nine, you get one, one um, challenge, challenge on a pitch. What do yeah, you do for the seventh inning doubleheader then? 
<laughs> get rid of the seventeen to ladder. But then that just brings back more conversation to the robot umps. If they have a challenge of the strike zone, then it's just going to get more people to say, "Bring in the robots." And I don't think baseball wants to do that. The fan base, you know, all over Twitter and anywhere you can find, everyone wants the, the robot umps. There's not a lot of people that don't want it. I just don't think baseball wants to do it. No, they won't. I think they should. Like I want to see, I want to see robots like like battle bots, you know, at each base, and then when they argue, all the battle bots come in and they fight each other, and then the winner gets to make the decision. There you go. No. <laughs> Is it? At least I didn't have a fucking goat idea. I was actually going to say just dress a bunch of Billy Goats in umpires' uniforms and have them call it because that's basically what we're doing. It's a guessing game, so yep. it is a put up one game. leg if it's a strike. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know if I want to go too quick to the robot umps. I, I like the human element of it, but if they're not going to push themselves to be better, they're going to have no choice. They're going to push themselves right out of a job. And that's a problem. But, uh, you know, for them, it'll be better for us because we'll get a better better call game if there's a machine calling balls and strikes. Just give them an earpiece and tell them if it's a strike or a ball and they get they still get to call it. Yeah. You know, this way they don't look like the villain. If it's wrong, like, hey, it was the machine. This is what you guys yeah, wanted. My fault. Yeah. Hey, yeah. If, if the managers are going to be puppets, let the umps be puppets too. You know, everyone could just be a fucking puppet. There you go. I think this is a sign of, of, of what we've been talking about, though. I think this is where baseball is struggling at this current juncture is because it's, it's struggling between old school and new school. You know, they're trying to, to move to the new, to a new era and, and be modern, but it's, it's an old school game, you know, and they're trying to, they're, they're fighting with it at the moment, as you know, with the, with the idea of, robot umps and actual umps and analytics managing actual managers and things like that. I think that it's a, it's all symbolic of, of how the game at the moment is, is grappling between old school and new school. Yeah, and that's why yeah, baseball is kind of falling because you look, look at basketball. It became a three-point league and, you know, the whole yeah. league is kind of adjusted on the fly. You really can't tell much of a difference. Yeah, you can look at the 90s and say that was a more physical era. But is basketball not still exciting right now? Look at football. Oh, you know, you used to be able to run the football, you know, run in the trenches, win the trenches. Now it's a passing league. And yeah. the league is adapted and it continues to move forward and people continue to watch. Yet baseball still has this problem, like Donald just said, where they can't seem to move forward. You know, they, they're kind of stuck. They're stuck in that purgatory. Where do we want to go? How do we want to fix this game? And that's why baseball is slowly dying off where the players like Tatis and Acuna, these guys who want to have fun, yeah. they get crucified by the old school fans who can't seem to get out of the 70s. You know, I, I love what the Yankees did. I wasn't around to see it. But the one thing I can't stand is hearing fans constantly comparing Sanchez to Munson. It's not the same thing. Yeah, no, you can't do you that. Can't do it. You can't do it. No. I, I hate it. It's a completely different game now than it was back in the 70s as good as Munson was as great of a player and a person as he was it's not the same thing you can't compare the two you know, so you can't a different game than it was now. 10 years ago even yeah, 10 years ago it was a different game than it is now you can't even compare Posada to Munson so no. the, the 
to jump over him in that comparison makes no sense. Why are you trying to compare anyone? He's the Yankees catcher right now, and you need to focus on getting him to be the best Gary Sanchez that he can be. Yeah. Not be Munson. Munson was yeah. beloved for a multitude of reasons. You can't yeah. change Gary's entire personality. Sanchez is more like Montero than Munson. You know, I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't go yeah. that far because Montero was, <laughs> was literally trash. And the fact that we got Michael Pineda for him was a goddamn miracle. Yeah, Pineda, as bad as he was, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't bad. He had a couple really good games. He was just, one, a cheater with the pine tar nonsense. And, two, I went to opening day where he had a perfect game through six and a half innings. He was unbelievable. His stuff was good. But he had control issues. And he, and he had injuries. And he had injuries. So it's like that adds up and it's whatever. But if, if he's healthy with the Twins this year, he could be pretty good. I think he was solid last year and the year before. So, I, you know, I think they have a good rotation moving forward. It was actually a really good move when they got him. That same – that they got like Kuroda and Pineda in the same day, I believe. Yeah. That was actually really good offseason, I thought. And the rotation was setting up to be good. But injuries happened and – I believe that was the year that – was that the year that CC kind of fell off a little bit? Was that 2012 that we got Pineda? Something like that, yeah. You know, Kuroda was another un- underrated pitcher. I loved Kuroda. One of my favorite of all time. I mean, what he did with the Dodgers was special, but then he came over here and literally did the same thing in back-to-back seasons. And, and it's like people forget him for some reason. They forget that we had Raul Banez too, who was unbelievable. And it's like one of those random Yankees that comes over here and just yeah. takes over. To go back to what Raul was, guys. You know, with, with the adjustments that the NBA and the NFL have made, it's all because offense creates interest. Yeah. Just like we saw during the steroid era with the home run chase. You know, couple of years ago when they had, you know, when they were, you know, with the, the juiced balls or whatever they were, you know, whatever they were using, it created interest. You know, look at, you know, who's going to hit, which team's going to hit the most home runs? Who's going to, you know, if they want they could dance in the, the end zone on a touch, on a touchdown with, for baseball, are they so above themselves? You can't celebrate a home run. And flip your bat. If you want to do, you know, cartwheels around the bases, do cartwheels around the bases. I don't oh, yeah. know. They, they need to celebrate everything in yeah. baseball because, you know, it's an issue. Like, I, I don't know if bringing cheerleaders to baseball would do anything, but maybe every team needs a mascot or something to involve the fans during the game or even on television because, like Rob said, you're, you're stunting the growth of the league on the youth by not allowing these young players to have swag or flair. You know, wh- how does bat flipping or hitting a home run when, when you're leading by that much, how does that really affect the game? It doesn't. People are looking at Tatis and going, wow, that, that guy's amazing. Look at how he does this. And you want to get to know the players outside of the game as well. And we don't have those press conferences after a game where the guys have to sit there and talk after the game like they do in NBA, where you get to see what they're wearing. You get to see what their other interests are. You get to see their children. Like, I hated the Steph Curry press conference where he brought his annoying daughter there. But a lot of people like that shit. Okay? And it helped the game. Yep. 
it's a good point. It served its purpose because we're still talking about that press conference. That still is it's still brought up. And when's the last press conference we've seen uh, in baseball? It's always an off-season move. It's it's not through the league. It's through the team. Yeah. You know, you'll see – well, after the games, you'll see them interview in the locker room. But have them – it's not the same. We want to see a little bit more from the players. Yeah, you want to see their personality, yeah, yeah. for sure. Like, Talk I've heard Hicks is one of the coolest people ever. We don't know anything about him, and no one on the Yankees likes him or fan base rather because he's always injured. But I, I heard he's like a really fun, he's a good golfer, apparently. Very good golfer. Yeah. All right. Well, but sorry, Rob, well, uh, I was going to mention here, you're talking about how um, like juice balls and stuff like that. And, and trying to maybe add a bit more offense to the, to the game or whatever. But there's a caveat to that because baseball is, is at its heart, has so many other factors to it other than hitting home runs because all it is is hitting home runs now. But the 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 joy of the game is the little things like the hit and run, hitting with runners in scoring positions, stealing bases, these kind of things. And these things are being outlawed from the game now. No outlawed, but it's kind of yeah, being, I know what you mean. It's being kind of chucked yeah. out of the game now, and it's uh, a lot of. I think it affects a lot of uh, players coming through because. None of them know how to play old school or or even a kind of baseball where they, they can affect the game with other ways other than hitting a home run or getting a walk. But that's where baseball needs to hybrid this hybrid itself. Yeah. Incorporate re, re, reintroduce some of the old school roles with the small ball with the new school ways of you know and having fun. Well, that's going to be hard, especially for the National League, if they implement the DH, which I think they should. Um, you know, I think the youth at this point wants to see that. I, th- I think the the whole pitcher thing hitting yeah. it just it's it's not good for the game, especially when you see the injuries in the American League. Um, Ming Wong, exactly, Ching Ming Wong. Um, so I, I think that would be a good change. But all the other little things that they're doing are kind of messing up everything you know we, nobody especially the youth but no one wants to watch seven uh, inning double headers i mean it is just it is an unwatchable game it's not fun yeah it's i think the, the pitchers you know need to focus on pitching especially with you know and i've said it when we were talking about it you know with the change, rules the rule changes Pitches are being, you know, their teams are investing a lot of money in pitchers. I'm paying you to pitch, not to hit 160. Yeah. Right. And, and it brings you back to Cole. When, when you have someone who has $325 million to play every five games, you cannot let them hit. Yeah. You know, because if, if he does get injured, well, there you go. He's not going to pitch 30 starts in a season. 30 yeah. starts is worth that much money it's insane all right well, shouldn't mean long because his career was over after he uh yeah after exactly. he got hurt he pulled his abstract running the bases and yeah. he had what three years in a row of 18 wins or more like he was yeah. like he was unbelievable career Best was shot after that. ever seen in the game it was it's amazing same. that baseball don't use that as an example yeah they don't talk about it 
No. Because he was on the Yankees. What what would have happened if he was on pretty much any other team? They probably would have talked about it. He could have been a Colorado Rocky pitcher, and they would have talked about it. They made a rule. It would be a rule. They would have, yeah, it's true. It's like, I think if he was pitching for any National League team, <clears throat> that rule would have changed. Yeah, good point. But all it was is, well, they're not used to hitting. Well, Exactly. That's exactly my point. Great point. All right. Well, that's going to wrap this up for us today. Tune in tomorrow where we will be discussing our favorite and our least favorite uh, free agent signings for the Yankees. And uh, that should be a really fun discussion. Uh, High energy. And I'm sure Evan's already writing shit down. Oh, I got a lot. (laughs) (laughs) We will talk to you tomorrow. If you're out there in the tri-state area, stay warm, stay safe, stay smart, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Take care, guys.